Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Time now for the Brian Barrett Show on EEI. All right, we're with you until midnight. So if you want to weigh in on the Patriots, that's on the table all night. I believe that the Patriots are going to win Saturday night, and it's going to be because of Mac Jones. We had all these, not me in particular, but there was a lot of questions asked about Mac because he barely threw the ball three times against the Buffalo Bills. How much do they really trust Mac? You look at the Colts' past defense. This has not been good for the majority of the season. They do not get after the quarterback, 30th in the NFL in pressure rate. They said publicly that they're selling out to stop Mac, not in those exact words, but they said they want to see what Mac can do, so they're going to dare Mac to beat him in the passing game. Last time a team did that, it was against the Tennessee Titans, and Mac shredded him. He had a passer rating over 123 in that particular game against Tennessee, which was the best in the NFL in that particular week. I believe Mac is going to shred the Colts' defense. I truly believe that. The other thing is I don't trust Carson Wentz on the other side. Carson Wentz's numbers have not been particularly great this season. I know he doesn't have a lot of turnovers, but he's not a guy that throws the football down the field. I believe that Belichick and Steve Belichick are going to put this on – Carson Wentz, just like the Colts want to put this on Mac. So I believe it comes down to who has the better quarterback. And right now, I'm taking Mac Jones over Carson Wentz. That's where I sit in that. So if you want to weigh in on this game coming up on Saturday night, do you think the Patriots win? And do you trust that Mac can win you a game when he has to do it with his arms? 617-779-7937 is the number. I also believe that Bill owes this one to Frank Reich after what happened in the Super Bowl. Uh, It should be personal to Bill, and obviously it's going to be personal for Josh McDaniels for other reasons. Although... You would really think it's going to be more personal for the Colts. I mean, really think about what he did. Not so much backing out of it, but think about Matt Eberflus, who's got a couple of head coaching interviews over the past couple of years. But McDaniels hired that guy. Think about that. He hired this guy. And look, he's turned out to be a good defensive coordinator for the Colts, and good for him. Like, obviously, Frank Reich has really worked out as a head coach there with Indianapolis. But think about that. I know, like... We talk about Josh McDaniels and his potential as a head coaching candidate in the near future. But think about what he did. He hired a guy to be his defensive coordinator, and then he backed out of the deal. I mean, Iberflus could have been screwed. What if Frank Reich and the Colts organization, what if Jim Ursay decided, hey, we're not going to keep him because that's not Frank Reich's guy? I mean, what if that happened? Now, good for Frank Reich and whoever decided to basically say, yeah, we'll keep him there. Chris Ballard, whoever it was, to say we're going to keep Iberflus. But let's remember... It was Josh McDaniels' choice to get Eberflus. So that guy could have been completely screwed. And Josh McDaniels could have completely screwed that guy over. Unreal. But I also want to get, get to this because 
I know it feels like the Brady-Belichick thing, there's not shots fired back and forth, and I truly believe part of the reason for that is Bill talked to Tom after that game against Tampa, and ever since then, we haven't got any of that. So it feels like that grudge that Tom had against Bill, it's not really there anymore because whatever Bill said to Tom, he was obviously able to quiet Tom's people, if you will. You don't hear Guerrero talking crap about Bill anymore. You don't hear Tom Brady Sr. talking crap about Bill anymore. Remember when he kept saying, damn rights? That whole thing that he was saying prior to the Patriots game. You don't hear anything from the Brady camp anymore. So obviously Brady heard what he needed to hear from Bill. So you felt like all this is squashed. But there is something that Bill said this week that could be perceived as a slight at Tom. I want to ask you a question as well off of an interview you did, um, I believe it was last week, where you talked about you know, Tom and, and LT and you know, the impact that those guys have had on each side of the ball. Do, do you believe that guys of that skill level will – find a way to have success no matter what. And there are other guys you have to you know, build a structure out for, an infrastructure for them to have success. Do, do, in other words, do the all-time greats, do they, will they always find you know, a way to have success and, and be great as opposed to having to build out you know, an infrastructure for them to do so? Yeah, I'd have to give that more thought. I don't know. I would say it'd be hard for me to imagine a Taylor couldn't have played in any system in multiple positions. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay, why didn't he mention Tom? That's what I'm wondering, right? Because he says, he's asked about Brady and Taylor because Bill last week on the Greg Hill Show actually mentioned the fact that he coached the best offensive player of all time and the best defensive player of all time when he was talking about Brady and Lawrence Taylor, this is when Greg was asking him about everything in terms of man in the arena. He can't wait to see it. And he was basically giving Tom Brady all this credit, et cetera. But then I don't understand why he didn't mention something about Tom when he mentions LT. So is that truly how Bill feels, right? When you look at LT, he says, hey, he could play for any defense. He could play multiple positions. Do you think that Bill feels like, okay, well, Tom, and he doesn't want to come out and say this, obviously, but. Tom was partially a creation of mine. He worked in my system. Now he's working in Tampa Bay after he spent 20 years in my system. And maybe he believes there's other quarterbacks like in NFL history and maybe even quarterbacks that are in the league right now where Bill would look at him and say, okay, that guy could succeed no matter where he played. Like, for example, does he look at Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, no matter where Aaron Rodgers ended up in his NFL career, he would have been successful because he's just that damn talented. You go back to like the 80s. Dan Marino when he came into the NFL, or John Elway, who was at that time considered to be the best prospect of all time. Would those guys, Andrew Luck, right? Would those guys have been successful no matter what because of how talented they were? I mean, even if you look at Andrew Luck, and I know that he didn't have the longevity, but the guy was successful as a rookie. I know he had turnovers, but successful as a rookie with an absolutely, at that time, a horrible organization. Remember the Colts never had an offensive line? So I wonder if that's part of why Bill only answers with Lawrence Taylor, is he does truly believe it didn't matter who coached Lawrence Taylor, didn't matter what organization he landed on, he was going to be great no matter what. And he doesn't say Tom's name because when he looks at Tom, he saw Tom end up with his organization, with a great defense, with a great running game, and eventually Tom Brady became Tom Brady. But if Tom Brady went to the Jaguars or he went to the Minnesota Vikings, maybe Bill looks at it. Now, I would disagree with Bill, but maybe Bill looks at it and thinks, well, if he went to a different team, if he went to a bad organization like the Browns or the Cincinnati Bengals, he would never have become Tom Brady. 
And when he looks at LT, he doesn't feel that way. He feels like no matter where LT ended up with, he would have been a star. He would have been the three-time-in-a-row defensive player of the year and all that different type of stuff. And I know Bill didn't want to reveal anything, but it feels like by saying that, he kind of revealed something. All right, I do want to get to the Celtics, though. So if you want to weigh in on that, certainly can. And how do you feel about the Patriots on Saturday night? If the game's on Mac Jones' shoulders, can he beat the Colts? 617-779-7937 is the number. But I did want to move on to some Celtics stuff because I found it interesting last night. Jason Tatum has, I would argue, his best game of the season. The guy was incredible last night. Goes for, what, 42 points. And the one thing that I really liked about Tatum was the aggressiveness, right? He was just going to the cup. He was finishing in the paint, something that sometimes Jason Tatum doesn't do. And you get aggravated because he doesn't make quick, decisive decisions. That would be my biggest criticism of Tatum this year is so often he waits to get into his set of moves, so to speak. And he holds the ball before doing something. Well, when he's decisive one way or the other, whether he's shooting right when he catches it or if he's going right to the basket, that's when he's been a better player. It's when he's decisive when he makes quick decisions. When he's going there and he wants to get into his pretty game, that's where he struggles. And I think what we saw last night is from the jump, the guy was in attack mode. And I do think this, I think part of the reason he was excited and ready to go last night was the fact that he had his running mate there. Because he hasn't had Jalen Brown essentially since the beginning of the season. Jalen Brown plays what? The first, he plays eight of the first nine, goes down with a hamstring issue. He comes back for five games. He wasn't good. He wasn't the same player. Then he misses six, what, eight more games. And he finally is back last night. And they feel like, okay, he's healthy this time. And by the way, every night with Jalen is something. I mean, I'm holding my breath last night where the guy bangs his knee. You're thinking, okay, here we go. Here's another three weeks because he's never available. I mean, that's the issue with Jalen Brown. So I have to imagine part of it with Jason Tatum is finally like, okay, well, I got somebody out here with me that's like, you know, a top 30 player in the NBA, which is something I don't have another top 50 player in the NBA with me right now. It's nice that I actually have my sidekick. Look across the NBA, all these other guys, all these other superstars are getting these great players around them. And look, you can criticize the roster building, but LeBron has Anthony Davis and he got Russell Westbrook because he wanted Russell Westbrook. He did that trade. Kevin Durant, yeah, he doesn't have Kyrie right now, but he has James Harden. And I know technically right now he doesn't have James Harden because Harden's in the COVID protocols, but you get the point. You look across the league, all these other superstars, if you will, have a running mate. Steph Curry's going to get his back and Clay Thompson, and he's got Draymond Green who... Right now is the defensive player of the year. You look at Donovan Mitchell with the Jazz. Well, he's got Rudy Gobert as one of the best lob finishers in the NBA. You look at Jason Tatum. He's sitting out here, and he's got who? Marcus Smart, Schroeder, Horford, Robert Williams. I like a lot of those players, but they're not a legitimate Robin to Tatum's Batman. So I have to imagine part of Tatum last night was, I finally have my guy with me. Because I truly believe it's unfair the criticism that Tatum takes on a nightly basis when Jalen Brown isn't available. What do you want the guy to do? He's playing with a team that isn't very good with the exception of Jalen Brown. Now, Horford's had a nice season. I like Robert Williams. Schroeder's been fine about what you expected from him. Smart, in my mind, has not had a great season. Now, his net rating is really good. Like, the Celtics are way better when he's on the floor. But the shooting has just been a joke. And him calling out the teammates was a complete misstep on his behalf especially concerning this is the same guy that missed the team flight like a month earlier to when he's criticizing Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown so I thought that was completely misguided and lacked leadership if he wants to be the leader of that team that completely 
lacks leadership. But you get the point. I mean, finally Tatum had his running mate back, and I do think that truly motivated him. But somebody else sort of took credit for Tatum's big night. You play from a different generation. Does that type of stuff not bother just because of maybe the AAU stuff and the does not bother some of the younger players like it used to your guys and the guys who are older than you that said that's not happening again? Is that something that has to be kind of pushed across to them? I think so. Uh, you know, all these guys are working out together in the summer. They spend a lot of time together with all-star games and all that. And, you know, quite honestly, I, I gave Jason examples of what I used to say to Kawhi as a young rookie and respecting guys too much at times. I told him, these guys aren't your older brother. Don't treat them like that. And he took it to heart and, um, you know, came out in attack mode tonight, but it's across the board. Our whole group, uh, we know what we have to do to be effective. And if my guys know me, you know, I said I'm the most competitive guy, and I want to see that reflect on you guys. And so, like I said, they took the tape to heart, um, bounced back tonight. Okay, so that's Ime Adoka after the game. And I feel like the majority of Celtics fans and the majority of Celtics media and the majority of people on this station today that talk about the Celtics like that Ime Adoka said that to Jason Tatum. And I'm fine with that. I like that he actually mentioned that to Jason Tatum. That, listen, when these guys are on the court, you are not friends with them. You're supposed to beat them. They're not your big brother. You're supposed to go at them. You're supposed to destroy them. you got to separate those two things. Like, for example, a guy like Kevin Durant. He's somebody that spends a lot of time with different NBA players. He's friends with a lot of guys across the league. But when it's time to go, he's going to destroy you. He doesn't care, right? You think about a guy like Giannis. Actually, Giannis has mentioned he does not work out with other players in the NBA because he doesn't want to be friends with them, and he can't separate the two. So he doesn't work out with guys from other teams, which it's easier for him because he's never going to be part of Team USA, of course. But you get the point. Giannis doesn't want to be friends with any of these guys off the court because he wants to destroy them on the court. Durant can separate the two things. So I understand this whole idea of people want Jason Tatum to have more of a killer instinct. I guess that's the whole gist of the conversation. And if this makes And my whole thing is this. I just want him to be more aggressive. I want him to be more decisive like he was last night. I, I, this whole killer instinct thing, I think it's quite frankly, the fact that people can determine whether or not Tatum has it, I mean, it's ridiculous. How would you know? How do you know if Jason Tatum has a killer instinct or not? Because people were saying Durant did it before he won championships. So I don't know how people can just determine by watching Jason Tatum, oh, I don't know if he's got the killer instinct. Shut up. You have no idea whatsoever. I mean, it's, it's like a hot take. These, oh, Jason Tatum's not a killer. How do you know? How do you, because people criticized Dirk before he won his championship and he didn't have a killer instinct and he was soft and then he won a championship and then he completely changed the game was what we heard about Dirk because of his size and his shooting. So how the hell do people know? There's no way that you know. From the outside looking in, you do not know. But if this is something that motivates Jason Tatum, like what his coach said, that's great. Here's the issue I have with the coach. Why are you putting it out there that you said that? Why is he out here, Ime Adoka, saying that he told Jason Tatum this. See, this is sort of what aggravates me about Ime Adoka, is the fact that, from my perspective, he feels like a frontrunner. So last night, Jason Tatum has his best game of the season. That's about Tatum. That's not about you. That's about Jason Tatum went out there, and he had a great game. And it feels like Jason Tatum doesn't even get the credit today for the game that he had because the head coach is talking about the fact that he had this conversation with him. And... This conversation is what motivated Jason Tatum to have this unbelievable game last night. That's how it's perceived. That's how it's perceived here locally because of what he said. And that irritates the crap out of me because last night, it's great if you said that to him and you feel that way as the head coach, but don't reveal that crap. Leave that between you and Jason Tatum. Let Jason Tatum have his night. 
Because I do remember, what was it, last week against the Clippers, after the Celtics lost to them, this was Ime Adoka. Are you having a tough time figuring this team out? Like, it just seemed like last night, effort was an issue in the first half. First, probably a decent first quarter in the second quarter. Brandon Boston looks like Jordan in the sense. I mean, he's doing the shrug after a three. Yeah. I mean, is it, are you having a hard time figuring this team out? Is it frustrating? Um, the, the effort and the inconsistency is frustrating at times. Uh, figuring it out, no. We talked about this kid. I mean, specifically him. Okay. So they talked about B.J. Boston. They talked about it before the game, and they didn't get it done. So when the team doesn't perform well, he's going to call the team out publicly. And then when the team does perform well, he's going to take credit for the best player playing well. And that's what it sounds like to me. When the team doesn't play well, it's the team's fault. It's the player's fault. And when the team does play well, when Tatum has his best game of the season, it's also him that was responsible for it. And maybe he didn't mean it to come out that way, but that's how I construed it. That's how it came out to me. Well, yeah, yeah, Jason was great tonight. He had 42 points, but, you know, I <laughs> I kind of told him before the game, like, hey, you cannot be friends with these guys anymore. So, hey, I know he was great, but let's not dismiss what I did, okay? Let's not forget about it. Who told him not to be friends with these guys? It was me, okay? So let's just put that out there. Jeez, man. Everything's about this guy. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Jason in a car. Jason, what's up? Hey, Brian. You know, I do agree with you. You know, Udoka is kind of feeling his way through this being his first head coaching job, and he's, you know, got the his first coaching job is coaching one of the more storied franchises in the NBA. He does look a little I – mean, listen, I don't want to read too much into body language, but he does look a little scattered. He does look a little unsure of himself. He doesn't look like he commands – the team, I could be reading into it wrong, but, you know, he's, he's got to settle into this job soon. Um, and, you know, they hired him to get through to Jason Tatum, I think, and get him and Brown to play well together. But anyways, the reason I called you, Brian, honestly, was about uh, Tatum. Mm-hmm. is a couple things that really bother me about him. Number one, I want to see that the guy wants to play here. I want to see that. I'm not sure he does. The other thing is I'm concerned about a player that only seems to turn it up when he's playing against big-time opponents like LeBron or if he's doing it against like Giannis. It seems like he only raises his level when he's playing against opponents that have superstars. And the other thing too, Brian, is if you remember the game against Philadelphia when Robert Williams blocked that shot to end the game, Jason Tatum's reaction and body language to that win – is troubling to me. I don't know if you noticed it, but he looked miserable, had his hands on his head, wasn't celebrating with the guys. And that is, in a nutshell, those are the three biggest things for me. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I look at him, though, Jason. Like, I don't think – I appreciate the phone call. I don't look at Jason Tatum as, like, this overly demonstrative guy. Once in a while, he's going to let out one of those primal screams, like going back to his rookie year when he dunked on LeBron and all that. He's not that type of guy in terms of he's not going to be the most fiery guy on the court every time. He's not going to yell and scream. at. He's not like Giannis in terms of the personality. In terms of Giannis is very emotional on the floor. He's not that type of guy. So I don't want him to be something that he's not. Ray Allen was not that type of guy either. Ray Allen wasn't a guy that screamed all the time or anything along those lines. He's not. Jason Tatum's not like Kevin Garnett when it comes to that. So here's my thing. It's like people said the same stuff, and I'm not. I know this is a cross-sport comparison, but remember Eli Manning. People like criticize Eli Manning because he's not fiery at all. How much does he want? And then it's like, okay, yeah, the guy's pretty good. He won two Super Bowls. It's fine. He's not going to – my whole thing with 
Tatum is if he tries to go over the top, I feel like it will be disingenuous. You have to be who you are. You can't completely change who you are as a person or as a competitor. Like, this doesn't mean that just because Tatum's body language isn't the best all the time doesn't mean he's not a competitor. You don't have to be like Kobe Bryant on the floor to be a competitor. Heck, Tim Duncan wasn't really that way. Tim Duncan's a killer on the court, but he's not one of these guys that's overly emotional. So I just don't want Tatum to get, like, out of character just to try to appease the fan base, right? But my bigger issue is with (laughs) Ime Adoka. And let me ask you this about Ime Adoka. What's his... What's the identity that he's put on this team in terms of his coaching style? What's his identity? Like, I can go back to when Steve Kerr took over the Golden State Warriors. The offense completely changed, right? With Mark Jackson, they were playing a lot of iso ball. Heck, they were, like, posting up Steph Curry. And then when Steve Kerr gets in there, it's this beautiful game, right? The ball's flying all over the place. The players, Steph Curry's running like crazy. Like, he completely changed the offense. What's the identity with Ime Adoka? Outside of last season, Brad Stevens always had a top 10 defensive team. And last year was more about the fact that they didn't have guys to play because of the whole situation with injuries more so than anything else. So Brad always had a top 10 defensive team. Okay. So Celtics are like fringy top 10 right now. I believe at the moment they're 11th. So yeah, they're a good defensive team. They're not great. Their offense sucks. It's gotten worse. So I, I don't know where the imprint is from Ime Adoka on this team. All right. A couple of other things. I have a trade target for the Celtics that I'd like to see them go after. Plus... Some numbers that tell you that Tatum's actually a lot better than it appears like some of the negative people in the fan base and some of the people in the media. Some numbers that would tell you that Tatum's actually been a lot better. Plus, you can also weigh in all night on the Pats. I believe that the Patriots are going to win on Saturday, and the main reason is going to be Mac. Do you agree or disagree? 617-779-7937 right here on WEI. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. What you want to hear. More of Brian Barrett on EEI. 
All right, with you until midnight. By the way, speaking of another NBA note, I don't know why I said speaking of another NBA note. I didn't give you a first NBA note. But have you seen this crap with Zion Williamson? This is unbelievable. The guy now is going to be shut down for another couple of weeks before he's even reevaluated because of the foot injury. He had surgery in the offseason, and now it's not recovering the way they wanted it to recover. Now, part of the reason for that is there was a report that came out from Tim McMahon from ESPN. This dude came into training camp at 360. So you're putting that type of pressure on the foot. I mean, I really worry about now he's slimmed down. Apparently he's down to 285, which he was at last year as playing weight. And look, I feel bad for him because it's like he couldn't do anything in the offseason because he had this foot issue. Right. So and then it appears like he's about to be back. And then all of a sudden he shut down again because the foot apparently isn't recovering the way they wanted to recover. And I just feel like as sports fans, I'm worried that we're not going to get like five prime years of Zion. Think about it. Every year of his career, this guy's been injured. It's just been so unfortunate because when he's on the court, he's electric. He's unbelievable to watch. And right now we barely get to see him play. We haven't seen him play at all this season. Because he's dealing with this foot injury. I mean, it's just, uh, it's sad to watch because the guy's such an incredible talent. I just want to see the guy on the floor. So it kind of, and New Orleans is, I mean, that franchise is a complete mess right now. Why the hell did they not match the offer on Lonzo Ball? And they brought in Devontae Graham. I mean, idiotic, especially considering the fact that Zion likes playing with Lonzo. Brandon Ingram likes Lonzo, likes playing with Lonzo. And you get rid of that guy? It's just idiotic to me. Did you see the report of Zion falling asleep during meetings? Are you serious? Yeah, this guy, Jake Madison, he's a beat reporter for the uh, Pelicans, said that Zion was falling asleep during meetings. Oh, my God. So maybe we got more of an issue with Zion. Unreal. And by the way, remember, he went second in that draft. John Morant went first. Morant's, of course, going to be an all-star this season. Does have an opportunity to be an all-NBA player as well. And Zion Williamson can't get on the damn floor. When Zion's on the floor, the guy's already like a top 15 player in the league. I mean, God, he was absolutely incredible last season. The problem for this guy is he can't get on the damn floor. I mean, it's crazy. The dude has been in the NBA for, what, two years. His first year, he plays 24 games out of a normal 82-game season because he was injured at the beginning of the year, and then he was on a minutes limit. Last year, he played 61 out of 72. And now this year, he has missed every single game they've played so far. And his numbers last year are crazy. 33 minutes a game, he averaged 27 points a game. 7.2 rebounds per game, nearly four assists per game. He shot 61% from the field. Remember, he basically all his field goals are dunks, and they're in the paint. And you're not having this 27-point score a game that's only 21 years old because now he's dealing with another procedure that he got on his foot. It's just tough to watch. Anyway, I want to get to Jason Tatum for a second here. By the way, if you want to join us, 617-779-7937. Patriots on the table all night as well. I believe the reason the Pats will beat the Colts on Saturday night will be because of Mac Jones. And we'll be talking about Mac Jones on Sunday and Monday as the reason the Patriots beat the Colts. So you're what you're welcome to disagree with me on that or agree with me at 617-779-7937. But I wanted to mention this real quickly. So there has been a lot of criticism thrown Jason Tatum's way this season because the Celtics have been struggling and his shooting percentages have been down. Well, I just want to point this out. So Jason Tatum last 14 games. He's averaging 28.9 points per game. That is second in the NBA during that stretch. The only player scoring more points per game in the last 14 during the stretch is Kevin Durant. That's it. That's the only guy scoring more points per game during the last 14 than Jason Tatum. During that stretch, Tatum is shooting 46.2% from the field 
and 36.1% from three. Okay, so those numbers aren't great. The 46.2% from the field you'll take, but you would like the three-point number to be up. Now, important to mention, during that stretch, he's taking seven free throws per game. That's the number he needs to stay at, seven or above in terms of free throw attempts per game. Kevin Durant is at 7.9 during that stretch. Not to mention, Tatum's averaging 8.8 rebounds per game during that stretch as well. And by the way, this is just a little side note on Tatum. You know he averages the most rebounds per game of anybody that is just listed as a forward? Like, he plays no center whatsoever. Tatum averages the most rebounds per game. The guy's an underrated rebounder. He's a really good rebounder. Okay, so then if you look at just the last seven games, so the month of December, last seven games, Tatum, 31.9 points per game. Only Durant's averaging more. And here's the impressive stuff. So I told you, last 14 shooting about 46%, last 14, 36% from three. Well, if you just look at the last seven games, the month of December, 50.6% from the field, which is obviously outstanding, 40.7% from three. And he's doing that on 8.4 attempts. So he's taking almost, well, he's taking eight and a half three-pointers a game, and he's hitting 40% of them. Almost 41% of them at 40.7. That's an incredible number. He's also getting to the line 7.4 times per game, which is up from that 14-game average, 8.9 rebounds and 3.3 assists. So Tatum, in the month of December, has been one of the best handful of players in the entire NBA. So yes, he has struggled for the majority of the season shooting the basketball. But we've seen in the last 14 games, those numbers go up a little bit more. And then over the last seven, those numbers have really elevated. And I believe the biggest thing now with Tatum is if he has Jalen Brown on the floor, these numbers are going to, and now he's not going to stay at 40.7% on 8.4 attempts. I mean, if he does, I mean, that would be phenomenal. And I hope it happens for the rest of the season. That's just an awfully difficult number to sustain on that volume. I mean, Curry can do it on that volume, but not many players can do it at that volume in terms of 8.5. But the biggest things are the free throws are there. The rebounding, which everybody criticizes his effort at times, his effort's there. If you're getting nine rebounds per game, that means your effort is there. His effort is there on the defensive side of the floor, and obviously the scoring is there, and he's getting to the basket more of those 7.5 free throw attempts per game. So here's my thing. As long as Jalen Brown's on the court, these numbers are going to, I don't want to say stay very similar, but pretty damn close because he's going to have another threat. So he did the majority of this damage without Jalen Brown without the opposition having to worry about another player on the team. Because if Tatum has the ball, who is the opposition worried about outside of him? When Jalen's on the court, the team has to be worried of Jalen. They have to be worried about Jalen. Really, if you think about it, the only other player on the floor that teams would be concerned about if Tatum has the basketball is Williams. Because Robert Williams can come in and he can set a screen and he can dive to the basket. He's a very good lob finisher. He puts a lot of pressure on the defense with that vertical spacing, if you will. So if Robert Williams is on the court, okay, he's a concern. But that's it. Nobody's worried about Schroeder. Nobody's worried about Marcus Smart. And I know Schroeder's had a fine season, but nobody's like, oh, we can't leave Schroeder. He's going to knock down an open three. Well, odds are he's probably not going to. Right now, maybe Grant Williams, he's hitting like 45% of his threes, hitting five threes last night. But teams are still not worried about Grant Williams as a shooter. He hasn't proven that over time, that they're going to sell out and try to stop Grant Williams from hitting threes. So my biggest overwhelming point is this. I want to see more evidence of what Tatum and Jalen Brown are together. Because I don't believe that anybody should have this definitive stance on whether or not Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can work together yet. If you really think about it, in the Orlando bubble, Kemba was supposed to be the sidekick to Jason Tatum, and Kemba was not good in the postseason. But that was Tatum and Kemba Walker's team. It wasn't Jalen Brown's team yet. Last year, at the beginning of the season, it really wasn't Tatum and 
Jalen yet. It was more about Kemba Walker, right? And then Kemba wasn't hurt. It was hurt at the beginning of the season. He came back, but still they were giving Kemba all these opportunities. So really, midway through that season, it became Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's team. But then you get to the postseason, Jalen's MIA because he's dealing with another injury. So I want to see it as these guys' team because that's what it is now. And really, if you think about it, we've only seen it for nine games this season because when Jalen originally came back from the hamstring injury, he was not healthy. And I truly believe that as long as Jalen's in the lineup, we're going to see numbers like this from Tatum because teams have to at least respect Jalen Brown. Nobody else in the Celtics team does anybody have to respect. You're not scared of anyone whatsoever, which still brings me back to just an annoying thing about Ime Adoka again. Somebody tell me why Neesmith doesn't play. You're right now a team that is hovering around the 500 area. You have a young guy that was taken 14th overall in the draft. He's considered to be a sharpshooter. You don't play him. You guys decided to not keep Garrison Matthews, who's shooting north of 40% from three in the offseason. You decided to cut him after training camp so you could keep Jabari Parker for some inexplicable reason. It's idiotic. You had a bona fide shooter. That's what he does, shoot, and you didn't keep that guy. And the shooter that you drafted two years ago, you don't play him. Somebody needs to explain that to me. It'd be one thing if this team was rolling and they had the best record in the East, like you could justify it, but the team has not been particularly good and you don't play Neesmith. Unbelievable, especially when Jalen's not there. I do not get it. I really don't. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. All right, so one other thing I want to get into about the Celtics. There's one other thing I need to see from this team over the next couple of weeks, and I have one guy that the Celtics should trade for. I'll tell you who that is next here on WEA. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're right back to it. This is Brian Barrett on EEI. All right, welcome back in. By the way, if you didn't hear, Steph Curry broke the three-point record tonight owned by Ray Allen. And you really got to think about it now. If Curry wins the MVP, which he's the favorite to do right now, he's going to be one of nine guys to have at least three. So here are the guys at three. Moses Malone, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Of course, Larry's the only guy to win three in a row. Eighty, The last guy to win three in a row. 84, 85, 86, when he was the best player in the NBA. Magic won in 87, 89, and 90. And then you have two guys at four, Wilt and LeBron. You have... Michael Jordan and Bill Russell, who each have five, and Kareem has six. And Steph Curry is going to enter the three MVP level. He already has three championships, and he could get another one to get up to four. He's going to be in rare air. I mean, Steph Curry, depending on where he finishes, and it feels like he's still got at least two, three prime years left, especially considering that shooting's not going anywhere, right? I mean, he feels like the type of guy that will age well. So when you look at, I mean, he has a real chance to get into the top 10 conversation. He really does. 
He's got a chance to get into the top 10. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to DJ in Jamaica playing. What's up, DJ? Hey, what's up, Brian? I call for two things. First, um, I wanted to touch base on this on the Patriots. I, I, cut, I agree with you. I believe the Patriots will win um, this weekend. However, I, do, I don't believe it's going to be because of Mac. I think it's going to be because of the defense and the run game. Buffalo sold out to stop the Patriots' run game and couldn't do it, knowing they couldn't throw. I'm not convinced that Indianapolis is going to be able to stop this, the run game. <clears throat> um, and then secondly, I love your take on, on, on Tatum. I'm, it, it's, it's like ridiculous when I hear fans call up during the day knocking Tatum. I mean, Tatum is, for a guy who's shooting poorly, he's still dropping high 20s to 30 points a game with nobody else around him. With Jalen back, he's going he's gonna to stop playing better because he won't be doubled and triple teamed. And the last thing I want to make a point about, the last game where Jalen played, I like one of the things that the coach did toward the and I think the third and the fourth quarter, he started having Jalen bringing the ball up, running the point. Mm. Ball moved so much better. Marcus Smart, he's not the, he's not the problem, but playing the point guard is not good for the Celtics. He, they, and I understand the dilemma they have because they don't really have anything else to, to do. But when Jalen was running the point, that ball flowed so much better. You saw everybody getting better shots. Yeah, and I just like I just yeah I appreciate the call, DJ. I just like my two best players to have the ball in their hand the most. I don't understand why Marcus Smart has to be the point guard. I get it, like he doesn't do much for you from a floor spacing perspective, right in terms of his shooting. But to DJ's point, I'd much rather see Jalen Brown getting opportunities to bring the ball up and play the point guard. Why not? He's your second most talented player. Why not give him as many opportunities as possible rather than Marcus Smart? We know what that looks like. You can always go back to that, but give Jalen more opportunities. But by the way. Here's my one guy that, and by the way, I do agree with DJ in terms of the defense. I said that Mac's going to be the reason the Patriots win this game, but I also believe it's because Belichick's defense, they're going to make Carson Wentz beat them, and Carson Wentz is not going to be able to do so. I believe that as well. So I agree with DJ when it comes to that. Now, here's a trade target for you. I know Damian Lillard is the big piece out there. I, I can't see them trading him at the deadline. I mean, he's too big of a superstar to do it at the deadline. You rarely see that. I mean, unless it's like insider trading, like the Paul Gasol trade years ago. And I guess it worked out for Memphis because they got Marcus Gasol. But, I mean, come on. That was a joke of a trade that the Lakers got because of the Lakers. But, anyway, the guy that I would be looking at right now, and I'm not just saying this because he went to Syracuse like I did, but Jeremy Grant. So, Jeremy Grant's going to be on the market, it appears. He's out six weeks with a thumb injury, but nothing serious. Like, I guess a torn ligaments in his thumb, but everybody around Detroit saying he's going to be fine to come back and all that. So, it's not something that's going to be debilitating or something to be concerned about, like Kemba's knees, right? Here's the thing about Jeremy Grant. So, remember when the Denver Nuggets beat the Clippers in the postseason a couple of years ago in the bubble? He was the guy that got the Kawhi assignment. He did relatively well. 6'8", 2'10", so he gives you another wing. Here's the reality. The Celtics don't have a lot of wings. After Tatum and Brown, who are their other wings? Lankford? They don't play Neesmith, and he's more of a two-guard to begin with, but they don't have a lot of wings. So, Jeremy Grant fits that profile, and if you look at it, he's averaging 21, 20 points a game on 41% shooting and 33 from three this year on 5.3 attempts though if you go back to Denver when he was the fourth option if you will in 19 and 20 shot 38 percent from three on lower volume 3.5 18 and 19 in OKC shot 39 percent from three on 3.7 
So here's the thing. Jeremy Grant put up good numbers last year, 22 points a game, but he didn't do it on relatively good efficiency. And the reason for that is because he was asked to do too much. He's not a number one. But in the Celtics team, as a number three option and as your lockdown perimeter defender, to go along with a lot of good defenders, I, this move makes a lot of sense for me. And the Celtics are a team, I mean, you can give away a first-round draft pick. The Celtics are not in rebuild mode. They're supposed to be winning now. So I'd go after a guy like Jeremy Grant, and he's around the same age as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Perfect fit. All right, thanks to Justin Turpin for producing. I'll be back with you tomorrow, after my, of course, from 10 to midnight, and then I'll be back with you on Saturday. Full show Saturday, man. We're local from 8 to the game. And then after the game, Ordway comes on, and he'll break down ball movement with you after the game. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. W-E-E-I. Here's what you missed on Gresham Keith. And it's not even because Udoka is a bad coach. It's because, sorry, I'm just laughing because Keith I took just a drink. so and much water. water. He feels like he peed himself. The lid wasn't secure. I am swimming in it now. There's got to be video. Pants. You do. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.